This episode is brought to you by Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill makes medical billing easy, fast, and pain-free. Spend your time on patient care. Let us handle the billing for you. Dr. Bill is now available for free. Visit drbill.ca. It's dr-bill.ca and get started today. There are theoretical reasons why people with asthma who contract COVID-19 might be at higher risk of being admitted to hospital with COVID-19. Since asthma is quite common, this has many people and families with asthma worried. I'm Dr. Matthew Stanbrook, Deputy Editor for CMAJ. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Alyssa Abrams, a pediatric allergist and immunologist in Winnipeg, Manitoba. She co-authored a practice article on asthma and COVID-19 and is joining me on this podcast to help understand the interplay between asthma and COVID-19. Hello, Dr. Abrams. Hello. Thank you for joining us today to talk about this issue. This is an issue near and dear to my heart because you're a pediatric asthma allergist and immunologist and I'm an adult respirologist. So we both have an interest in asthma and I'm sure uh, like me, your patients have been calling a lot and, and contacting you a lot lately with concerns about their asthma in the context of this pandemic. So I'm hoping we can help provide some, some answers for people and the concerns that many people have. Let's start with talking about what we know about viruses in general. How do viruses affect asthma? So in general, viruses are a very common cause of asthma exacerbations, but it's important to know that different viruses do interplay with asthma differently. So for example, when we're looking at coronavirus infections, the common cold or the non-epidemic forms of coronavirus are a common cause of asthma exacerbations. But really interestingly, previous epidemic forms of coronavirus, such as SARS, were not a cause of asthma exacerbations. And in fact, during SARS, asthma exacerbations actually decreased during the epidemic. So while in general, viruses are a common cause of asthma exacerbations, it's different for each virus. And I think when we talk about uh, how COVID-19 and asthma interact with one another, we really have to think about two different ways in which that could happen. There's SARS-CoV being a virus and therefore being able to precipitate asthma exacerbations. And then there's whether people with asthma would be increased risk of getting the COVID-19 disease, the viral pneumonia and the inflammatory reaction that results from that, or or whether if they get the COVID-19 disease, they are at risk because of their asthma for having more severe illness. So let's talk about these uh, separately to start with. So with asthma exacerbations, other than the SARS-CoV, outbreaks of respiratory viruses on a seasonal basis are nothing new. We have those all the time. In terms of the risk of asthma exacerbations, do we have reason to think that SARS-CoV is any different than the RSV or normal coronavirus or influenza outbreaks that happen all the time in terms of their being able to precipitate an asthma exacerbation? So that's a really interesting question. And as you mentioned before, it's certainly something that our patients and the families of our patients are quite concerned about at this time. But there's a bit of an interplay because it's hard to know if a patient with asthma is hospitalized with COVID-19. Is this asthma or is this COVID-19 or is it a combination? Now, within the U.S., 
um, the Centers for Disease Control recently released data that the prevalence of asthma in hospitalized patients with COVID-19 was higher than that expected given the population prevalence of asthma in the U.S. alone. And so the CDC does list moderate to severe asthma as a risk factor for COVID-19 morbidity and mortality, whether that's due to worsening asthma or worsening COVID disease. That being said, it's really important to note that there's a lot of limitations to the literature that we have to date, including the fact that asthma was not a risk factor in the data on hospitalized adults from Wuhan, China. Another interesting point is that we really don't know enough about how this virus interacts with children who have asthma. We just don't have good data in our pediatric population. So while asthma is listed as a risk factor in adults, it isn't in children to date. Yeah, and it's it's interesting uh, how we're learning more as the epidemiology comes out. You mentioned the series from China. Just yesterday, I think we got the, a big series of over 5,000 patients from New York City that was published in JAMA. And again, there was no difference in the prevalence of asthma between those with severe illness from COVID and without severe illness. So um, probably we still have to learn more about that interaction in terms of whether asthma patients are, are really at risk for worse disease with COVID-19. Would you agree, Dr. Abrams? I would agree. It remains a bit of a question. And the literature, as you said, is evolving. We're learning more every day. There was also just a systematic review in JAMA yesterday on the pediatric population with COVID-19, showing that they do remarkably well overall. And so all of this is evolving and we're learning more. And unfortunately, for some of our patients, a lot of this will we will learn retrospectively. And you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago about the, the first SARS uh, epidemic in 2003 being associated with fewer asthma hospitalizations. And I just wanted to pick up on that for a second. Is it likely a result of people being distant from one another as we're ordered to be right now and therefore not sharing the usual viruses that would precipitate asthma exacerbations that probably explains that. So in a way, is, is this time of physical distancing actually protecting people with asthma? So that's a great question. And the literature to date suggests that it was likely due to improved hygiene measures during the epidemic. So people being much more careful during the epidemic, which decreased the risk of asthma exacerbations. So maybe a bit of a silver lining to all of this for our asthma patients who are going through this and being isolated, they're being less exposed to precipitants of, of exacerbations in theory, as, as we say, we don't know very much. So let's go on to talk about um, how we as clinicians address people who are presenting with respiratory symptoms. And of course, the problem is that the common symptoms that COVID-19 is presenting with, things like dry cough and shortness of breath, are also the typical symptoms of asthma exacerbations. So as clinicians, Dr. Abrams, how should we approach patients who have this kind of respiratory presentation? And what are the things we can use to distinguish COVID-19 from an asthma exacerbation? So as you mentioned, this is a real challenge because symptoms of COVID-19 are very similar to those of worsening asthma. And in fact, the most common presenting symptoms of COVID-19, which is dry cough and shortness of breath, are also very common features of worsening asthma as well. So differentiating the two clinically can be very challenging. There are some potential clues, for example, Fever is very common with COVID-19 and might help differentiate. That being said, 
Fever is present with many viral triggered asthma exacerbations as well. Now, within the adult population, there are some atypical presentations of COVID-19 that may help differentiate, such as gastrointestinal symptoms. But overall, there really is a tremendous overlap, and it's very difficult to differentiate worsening asthma from COVID-19 based on history alone. Do you think it would be a reasonable strategy to test patients with asthma who present with increased respiratory symptoms empirically for COVID-19, given the difficulty in distinguishing the symptoms quite often? So resource allowing, yes, I think it would be a good strategy. So what should people with asthma be doing differently during this pandemic from what they would usually be doing, if anything? So what people with asthma should be doing during this pandemic is very similar to what they should be doing outside of COVID-19, which is working to maintain good asthma control. Current recommendations are that the best thing that people with asthma could do is maintain good asthma control. And that includes remaining on their current asthma medications in whatever form that they are. The recommendations are also not to step down asthma controller medications during this time. Now, a lot of the other recommendations are once again very similar to recommendations that exist outside of COVID-19, such as avoiding known asthma triggers, such as aeroallergens, reviewing proper inhaler technique. Those are very similar to what we would recommend outside of COVID-19. The only difference really relates to the broader public health measures, which, as you mentioned before, include things like physical distancing. In the Five Things article that you've just written for CMAJ, one thing you highlight is the use of nebulizers. Nebulizers, of course, are machines which use usually ultrasound to uh, take a a liquid medication and turn it into a a mist of fine droplets, which are then uh, inhaled by the asthma patient through a mask. Uh, And your article emphasizes the importance of avoiding use of a nebulizer during this pandemic. Tell us why nebulizers should be avoided and what alternatives should be used to treat asthma symptoms instead. Absolutely. So this recommendation to avoid nebulization is in keeping with multiple international guidelines that have been released to avoid nebulizers during this time, if at all possible. The reason for that is nebulized therapy, including nebulized asthma therapy, is more likely to aerosolize COVID-19 and can potentially increase the risk of viral transmission. So the current recommendations are that under most circumstances, if a patient with asthma is using a nebulized asthma medication, it should be switched to a different type of medication, such as a meter dose inhaler or a dry powder inhaler, if at all possible. It's interesting how pandemics can can change how we do things uh, and create opportunities for change sometimes. I remember 20 years ago when asthma patients would come to the emergency departments with exacerbations, they would routinely be treated with nebulizers. And the only thing that changed that was SARS in 2003 that got all the nebulizers out of the hospital uh, in keeping with evidence that it wasn't really necessary for most patients. So it's, it's interesting to kind of look back on that. And this pandemic, again, reminds us that there is a risk to using these devices and most patients don't need it. Let's talk about oral steroids for a moment. So at this time, in people without asthma who have COVID-19, there is some thought about whether oral steroids might be helpful, but current recommendations uh, are against using steroids, oral steroids for COVID-19. But what about patients who have asthma exacerbations where, that you would normally treat with oral steroids? Should we be rethinking that in these pandemic times? 
So this is a great question and a very important distinction between using oral steroids to treat lung disease associated with COVID-19 versus using oral steroids to treat an asthma exacerbation. And yes, the CDC and the World Health Organization have recommended against oral steroids for the use in COVID-19, largely based on retrospective data through SARS that showed that it could prolong viral replication and was associated with potentially higher complication rates. That being said, these concerns about using oral steroids for COVID-19 have to be weighed against the general consensus for asthma, that asthma exacerbations should be treated aggressively and in accordance with current best practices. And these current best practices include the use of oral steroids for moderate to severe asthma exacerbations. In many studies on asthma, oral steroids have hastened symptom resolution, reduced hospitalization risk in patients with asthma, and these are really important outcomes at this time. So while oral steroids are not recommended for COVID-19, they remain the recommendation for asthma exacerbations if required. I think that's a really important point. I mean, given given the strong evidence we have, we don't want to throw that away just because of a, a, a pandemic when we ha have no evidence to suggest that it would be harmful to asthma patients. Here's another uh, aspect of care that I'm, I'm hearing a lot of it from my patients with severe asthma. So, so in patients who are on biologics, the, the new uh, monoclonals that target IL-5 or IgE, for patients who, who require those to control their disease, are there any concerns that this might suppress the immune system of these patients and leave them more vulnerable if they should contract COVID-19? So this is a very common concern, but it once again speaks back to the broad overall consensus that good asthma control is really important right now, especially potentially in severe asthmatics. And Current recommendations are for patients with asthma on biologic medications to remain on them during COVID-19. There isn't any evidence to date that use of these medications increases the risk of either COVID-19 infection or morbidity, so they should stay on their biologic medications as prescribed. A lot of people are afraid to come to hospital right now for any reason, even if they're sick. What advice do you have for patients or, or parents of your young patients? whose asthma has become out of control and who are weighing their worries about asthma against their worries about getting COVID-19 uh, from contact with healthcare? What do you tell them to do? So this is a great question and a very understandable concern. And of course, yes, we're trying to keep families and patients out of the urgent cares or emergency departments, if at all possible. That being said, asthma is an important condition to treat if it's worsening. And if a child with asthma or a patient with asthma is having an exacerbation, they absolutely should be evaluated. Well, these are important issues that are on a lot of people's minds, given that asthma is a very, very common disease. And uh, a lot of uh, people listening to this will have concerns, and certainly our clinician colleagues will have patients asking these. So uh, I very much appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts with us about this today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Dr. Alyssa Abrams is a pediatric allergist and immunologist in Winnipeg, Manitoba. To read the practice article she co-authored, visit cmaj.ca. We also have a special page dedicated to all our COVID-19 content. You can find a link to it in the podcast description. I'm Dr. Matthew Stanbrook, Deputy Editor for CMAJ. Thank you for listening. <laughs>